We'll be doing a little jumping around on the show here. We got plenty of football coming your way in our second segment. You're going to hear from three new members of Jeff Scott's USF Bulls, but two players who he knows a little bit more about because they both played for him at Clemson. A Joe, a Joe wide receiver, and Michael Dukes running back. We'll also hear what Mike Lofton, the offensive lineman, specifically guard slash center, had to say as they all spoke to the media a couple of days ago and wanted to have that for you on this show. Also have some great news for you. Also some not that great news when it comes to women's basketball losing some players that you're used to hearing their names into the transfer portal that'll come your way in this segment. We also, coming your way, are going to give you a few clips of what to look forward to today making its debut. We said we'd have a chance to look through our audio archives to see if there's any of the Lee Rose games from the early 80s, and yeah, you're going to get a touch of that here in just a second. We did add a little bit of a new intro to the show for the later airings on Wednesday as this news was coming down, but now we can tell you a little bit more about it, and it's just nothing but great. $5 million donation from Jeff Finnick and his wife Penny, who are big supporters of USF, They've supported women's soccer, they've supported tennis, they've supported several of the sports. Now this, of course, on-campus stadium is the whole reason for it. Frank and Carol Morsani recently donated $5 million. Now they don't have to get all the way up to $200 million, just need to get enough money for essentially a down payment to get construction going, but this is going to be a big deal. And what Jeff Finnick had to say essentially is hoping to push other people in the same direction to make donations toward this big-time project. But listen, if Mr. Vinnick is involved, that means it is a worthwhile project, and that was a big bit of news announced on Wednesday morning. Also looking forward to meeting in person a new member of the staff, and really it sounds like going to be a very important member and someone with some valuable experience, talking about Lee Butler, a former University of Miami basketball player who ended up starting off his basically administration career right out of college at the University of Miami and then matriculated to the ACC. He's been working for the conference since 2010. So yes, Michael Kelly might know a little bit about him. He has been the assistant commissioner of men's basketball since 2014. For the Bulls, he'll be overseeing both the men's and women's basketball programs from a sports administrative standpoint. Also, department diversity and inclusion oversight, and that's something that he was serving a big role with the ACC as their chairman for CORE, which involved initiatives for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Everyone's pretty excited about him. I saw Jose Fernandez tweet about him as far as Michael Kelly says that Lee Butler is a recognized rising leader in college athletics and a tremendous addition to our staff. So I look forward to working alongside him, getting to meet him, and we'll have, I'm sure, an interview with Mr. Butler for you very, very soon. If not on this show, then for, you know, that Bull Speed Ahead show that Michael Kelly does himself. Speaking of that, if you go to the actual school's Twitter page that's at U South Florida. They put out a little teaser of a podcast that's coming up Friday where it'll be Michael Kelly and Jay Stroman sitting down, and I bet you they talk a little bit about the on-campus stadium in that. Now, speaking of men's basketball, pretty cool stuff here. An incoming commit to USF has been named to the Indiana All-Star team, and more on that in a second, but Ryan Conwell, I saw Coach Gregory, speaking about him, ended up averaging 22.5 points this year. The 6'3 player also averaged nearly 7 rebounds, 3.7 assists, and 3 steals per game. 
the 6'3 guard, ended up with 1,083 points for the Red Devils. Now, to be named to this team, Indiana, they actually do a little traveling tour. Their big game's coming up against Team Kentucky, so to make it, you got to be one of the best 14 in the state, and they're going to play at a tournament in early June, so we'll keep an eye on how he does and obviously get to see him on campus here pretty soon. Now, we hinted at this. Some faces that we're used to seeing around campus and in the starting lineup and putting in a lot of great work for the women's basketball program have decided to enter the transfer portal, and this is its happening all over the place. These are two specific names. Now, there are six as of this morning that are in the portal. The two that would stand out are going to be grad transfers. We told you about Elisa Pinzon on yesterday's show, but also Sydney Harvey. And, of course, that's two big blows. It's not like the Bulls don't have any upcoming talent. And, of course, they're going to enter the transfer portal, I would guess, themselves, as we've seen Dulce Fanka-Mengiadu be a big addition to the team last year. But maybe even a deeper dip into the portal coming up this year. Harvey, as you know, did have just a big stretch of the season where she struggled to shoot the threes frankly it was her poorest season as far as shooting percentage went but obviously a very important player and Elisa pins on the starting point guard for the Bulls the other four names and this is all available on the website WBB blog so W then three B's L-O-G if you will and they have in alphabetical order so if you just want to skip to page 17 because it is a massive list it's not just the Bulls we talked about how essentially everyone is leaving UCF with their new head coaching situation and did you see that Diamond Battles the conference player of the year is going to be headed to reunite with Katie Abrahamson Henderson at the University of Georgia but for the Bulls alongside of Sidney Harvey and Elisa Pinzon Mihaila Lazic, Sarah Guerrero, Christina Bromejo, and Odeth Betancourt. Frankly, none of those names come as much of a surprise as Odeth just didn't get on the court that often this year. Sarah in spurts had some key contributions, but just didn't have the season that matched the expectation level that she or her head coach had. Bermejo was certainly an interesting case, was a valued member of the squad the last three years, but never really became an offensive weapon and was somebody that, for instance, against UCF just wasn't an option to bring in off the bench as a backup point guard because those bigs for UCF had a little bit more heft to them. And even though Chrissy is six foot one, she played more like a three player as opposed to a power forward, which is where the Bulls were hoping to get more action from her. And then Lazic was essentially the third guard in the point guard rotation. So we wish them all well, but definitely the Bulls are going to be having to retool their roster. And with Betty Menunga moving on, along with Shea Leverett, just due to graduation, right now, Elena Chinecki is obviously somebody that the Bulls are going to build their team around, but they got a few holes around her to fill. So we'll keep you updated there. We said that we had found some tape, and we're going to give you a few clips from it, of the 1985 NIT win for the Bulls against Wake Forest. Jim Lauk, just starting off in broadcasting in the 80s. Yes, this was pre-Jim Lighthall being the men's basketball play-by-play guy for USF Athletics. We do include the pregame show with Tommy Tonelli, the point guard of the Bulls, being interviewed to start it off. And, of course, Lee Rose himself speaking to Jim Lauk. And the game highlights, we'll give you a few of them here. Man, what a Tampa Bay-led team they had. And Wake Forest, led by Muggsy Bogues, 
wait till you hear in the pregame buildup when they're announcing the starting lineups what Jim says about Muggsy Bogues, who of course went five foot three. But here's some of the clips. We'll have the whole thing for you debuting at noon on USF Bulls Unlimited. And Wallace picking up near midcourt and Bradley knocks the ball away from Bogues. Off the Caldwell, back to Bradley. Rebound slam dunk by Bradley. Bradley jams it over his head. 19 to 14, South Florida. Crowd on its feet. Patterson has the ball. He'll probably take the shot. He's working one and one. He shoots over Rudd from 15. It's good at the buzzer. Bulls lead by seven and a half. Buda Patterson nails another one, and the Bulls run to the locker room, leading by seven. An offensive foul on Rudd, a big turnaround. Rudd drives in, shot blocked by Kitchen. Loose ball to Bradley. Fast break, Bulls. He blows by Klein up to Patterson. He lays it up and in. Bulls by eight. Patterson with 23. And it's Bradley that has set up both baskets. Cloud on his feet. Lee Rose on his feet with both fists in the air. I mean, it was really a trip to listen to. And yes, the air quality isn't what we're used to, but guess what? We're still replaying it for you. Wanted to give you a game, not only that Lee Rose coached, but also that, of course, you hear his voice on, and you'll hear him on the pregame at the very end of the postgame show. I actually took out the one part because I didn't want to end it there, but I guess the sports information director, whoever was guiding Coach Rose through the interviews at the time, was uh, telling him we got to wrap it up. He's like, you're going to say, and I got to go, so got to go. I mean, uh, I didn't want to end it there, but you'll hear him definitely at the beginning. And again, that'll air at noon, but several times. We have our traditional Thursday 2007 football action with Auburn and West Virginia being the highlight games, but wanted to bring that to you, and we bring it to you first at noon. We'll give you more opportunities to hear it. Also, speaking of men's basketball, this Tweet got out the field for the Sunshine Slam, an event held at the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach. There were held at the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach this past year. It was basically two different brackets of four. The A bracket was won by Utah, beating Tulsa in the championship game. The other teams involved were Boston College and Rhode Island. And the other group of four included the host, Bethune-Cookman, actually beating Bryant in the first round as We all know Bryant ended up going to the NCAA tournament, as we knew they would. Air Force ended up winning that thing by beating Bethune-Cookman. The group that the Bulls will be in looks like if there's two groups of four, will be the A group because Georgia is in it. UAB, which made the NCAA tournament, is in it, along with St. Joseph's. So that's some fun stuff to look forward to next year as the matchups will be announced at a later day. Speaking of future conference opponents, we'll talk about it on Around the American tomorrow, but some interesting things going on with men's soccer as far as the small group that's going to be left in Conference USA trying to join the Sun Belt. Where will UCF fall in and ultimately spinning it back to the Bulls because there's a chance that men's soccer could only have five teams playing in it this next year and that would mean no automatic birth for the NCAA tournament. We'll worry about that if it actually happens, but putting it on your radar along with the name Luca Hollenstein, who has been added as an official future member of the men's soccer team. He is a defender out of Austria who played his first two years at Lubbock Christian, a very good Division II school. And one note, the new tennis rankings have the Bulls on the men's side going up five spots to 51, worth noting, because if they keep winning here late in the regular season, they might not have to win the conference tournament in order to get back to the NCAA. Coming up next... A trio of newcomers to the football squad. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat.